0: Here's a question I have for you, Hunter, yeah, yeah, about, what, about what is allowed in the cold open for this show. We don't know this okay. audience yet and we don't know we open open don't know show. what's what um are we allowed to swear word in this show? I think we've been avoiding swear words. I don't remember what we did in the first no, episode. No, I,
1: I just think I think we've become good good boys yeah, and we, we have we gotten don't. used to using uh, PG language yeah. uh, so on podcast. But that fuck you, <laughs> dude. I I sick of your shit. I dude. have a
0: question yeah. for you. Um, do you? How often do you uh, pee sitting down these
1: days in your adult life? Oh, my God. All the time. All the time, right? All the, literally at some all point, the time. At
0: some point, it all changed, right? Or was it a uh, slow transition for you? For me, it was like,
1: no, I would okay. do it every once in a while,
0: and then just, just like, I'm never going back. I pee sitting down.
1: Dude, okay. It's so funny that you bring this up, because <laughs> this, is, this is the most bragging I'm ever going to do in my life right now, <laughs> because let me tell you a little something. I... Have always done it that wow. way wow i even when i was a child knew that in the bathroom where no one was hanging out with me <laughs> i had nothing to prove and there was no reason for that's it. very big of you that's that is very i mature. am i am being completely serious. no that's good and I, and I think
0: i'm being serious in that that is actually quite impressive because it's very easy to get in your own head and it's it's crazy
1: to have a child who's I, like i do need it you know and it's like sometimes when we talk about stuff like this i go from being it's funny i just flipped in my head of like going from being like i'm such a smart guy to realizing like <laughs> actually i might be a dumb guy like i might be just like a dumb guy that just didn't get i just didn't get in my head in that moment i was just like i, I was too looking, dumb to pay
0: attention how stupid it was to pee
1: sitting down. right right i was pants down looking at the <laughs> toilet and i was like we got a problem here how are we go solve it you know what i mean and then I just plopped right down didn't think a second thought about it. And then it takes this conversation well, for that to get pointed out to me. It's less
0: stupid than the eight-year-old who pulls his pants all the way down and still pee standing up. Yeah. That's yeah. about as low, that's the low but point of, but, a, of, a, of a, a, a person's experience. Sure, urinating. sure.
1: But Matt, here's the deeper take, mm-hmm. is that you're in there, you're by yourself, I don't care how you do it. And in fact the weirder the better in my <laughs> opinion at this point i should have been i should have peed you know uh, handstand piss yeah. you know what i mean like, i
0: applaud the people who sit on the toilet backwards and then can have like a little meal oh on God. the top of the yeah, chamber yeah, yeah. The that's water the chamber. best that's a little the way bit to of, go.
1: yeah you have some soup and some bread a little french <laughs> onion you know while you're sitting you're dipping you know what i'm saying you're looking down
0: <laughs> let's go
1: shit oh shit shit playstation 5 uh, in stock in stock now shut up shut up shut up <laughs> shut the fuck up this is the best the intro we could have shut the fuck up what's the what's your wi-fi password uh, tell it to me now tell serious. me your password okay here we go here we go here we go here we go shut up just shut up dude i don't even care if this is in the show or not no oh my god are you kidding me sorry buddy okay well i just live missed out on a playstation 5 That's okay yeah on the show that is something that what just happened, happens Every day, <laughs> multiple at some times point of the day. Yeah. No, on- honestly, it's probably it's not multiple with the play- with the, with PS5. the pl- PS5. No, with the video cards, it's constant. with the video cards, it's all the time. And we're just trying to buy. Uh, listen, I'm just trying to be a good capitalist consumer bee and buy the technology <laughs> that I want. I got the money set aside to do it. I want it. Okay. And you know what? Actually, this is perfect. So the whole reason we're starting this show is just kind of a grip to be <laughs> right. video game journalist in big yeah, air yeah, quotes, okay? huge air
0: quotes. Please just. If you are in the industry, come be on our show tell and Sony. tell Sony to give us a PS5 so that we can play games
1: ahead please. of time. Please, please. Or just you as an individual give us a, like, you, you know, the show could we could change the name of the show. It's a new show. Yep. So it could be called like, you know, like Jeff's. Yeah. Almanac. Yeah. I don't care, dude. Like, right. if you're right. Jeff and you want to give me a PS5, we'll just call the show Jeff's Jeff Almanac. Jeff Keeley, give
0: us a PS5. No, That's just some Jeff. It doesn't hey, have Jeff. to be a
1: famous person. <laughs> it could be like Steve, or Steve's Almanac. I don't care. Like, just get, just send it to me. And uh, I need one of those RTX uh, 3000 series uh, graphics cards for Matt because yeah, we, we got one for me, but Matt doesn't have one I don't
0: yet. have a graphics card. Here we are, uh, episode two, where we will actually, this time, rank a video game up against the yes. lists that we have going yes. now is a time it's not just to talk about uh, the best the best game of all time now it's right. to
1: determine the worst game of all time or or, or better or better or best. better game of all time could be best yeah uh yeah so this is the board gamers almanac the way this works is we talk about a video game Completely randomly selected, but the it's not random at all because what we're trying to do is talk about every game that's ever been made yeah. and rank all of them. Yeah. It is a listicle that never ends until we die, and then it will be passed on to our children, and they will continue <laughs> where where we are. The, this is the concept of the show. I am your main guy. hmm Tom um, Birdonglegun <laughs> and I'm
0: Matt Martians. Uh, the 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 you, I won't be here next week probably.
1: I don't know. Maybe I will be. Oh, we don't know knows. how this works yet. But we don't even. Sometimes
0: know I'm here. Sometimes I'm not because I have a baby and a life, and Hunter has neither.
1: No so. baby, no life. <laughs> no baby, no life. That's I have that tattooed on my butt. <laughs> no baby, no life. Uh, this week
0: we are here to address. The game Hyper Light Drifter yeah. by Heart Machine. Yeah. Uh, this is one that's very near and dear to my heart, but it is not uh, nearly as classic as last week's Super Mario Bros. 3. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we are... It's kind we, of doomed. We've de- but... Yeah, it's pretty much doomed, but we have decided um to make sure people recognize that this show is about all games not just all, all the hits right uh, this is uh, this is an indie darling hit but uh sure. let's let's give a little bit of history on it it was released in 2016 so not even uh, 5 years ago march 31st 2016 mm-hmm. um it is a game created by Alex Preston it is a game that is so it's crazy alex preston set up a uh basically a kickstarter more or less alone with like ch- uh, a couple other people uh Bo Blythe and Disasterpiece were like on board from the get-go. Disasterpiece mm-hmm. did all the music uh, I, and, and Bo Blythe is like there developing with Alex uh, and basically to make just this game they formed their video game company Heart Machine like they had the game before they had the company. They started a Kickstarter, and the right. Kickstarter did so well. They were like, "Oh shoot, we have a, we have a company now this that we so need organic. to run." This is This
1: is such an organic story of a <laughs> video game company yeah, coming th- together. Yeah, this
0: is well, and it, it it really is like the it's a perfect indie uh, video game story because they they went on to develop a, a thing called Glitch Space, which is a uh, basically an art. Game development commune, shared workspace thing, where other lots of other notable indie devs. You can go look up Glitch Space and see all the different indie devs that have been a part of it. But basically, mm-hmm. they set up a, a place where it's like everyone come chill with us and and make your video games, and we'll we'll just game jam all the time. That kind of makes a lot of sense actually,
1: yeah. because I would say Hyperlight Drifter kind of represents a sort of house style yeah. of game that I would say at this point is very well known. There are a lot of games that even you know what. I was watching a movie called uh, "The Mitchells Versus the Machines." Uh-huh. Uh It's an animated movie on Netflix. is by uh, the Lego Movie people. Oh, cool. Um, it's actually quite. I it, actually, it's. I mean, it's good. It's not great, but uh, there at the very end, there's like literally uh, sort of they get to the boss battle of mm-hmm. the of the end of this movie, and I was like, "Wow, that's Hyperlight Drifter!" Yeah. Like, it literally <laughs> was like, "Wow, that's exactly." It wow. was exactly one of those shapes from uh-huh. Hyperlight Drifter, and the music was by uh, the Devo guy, Mark's, mother- oh, Mark's wow. mother's bra. bra mother's, however, mother's you however you say it, I don't care. Uh, and and literally, you see that on screen, and I'm like, oh, Hyperlight Drifter. And then the uh, the score yeah. went straight into Disaster Peace territory. And I was like, that's not fair because you're the Devo guy. You can't go steal other people's <laughs> right. stuff, but it sounded just like Disaster Peace. Wow. It was ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So this game, uh, when it was released, it immediately just buried in awards for art. Uh, the soundtrack is ridiculous. I mean, it's by Disasterpiece. If you don't know who Disasterpiece is, they they started as kind of just like a like a glitch tune artist that did a lot of video game soundtracks, mm-hmm. but now have been featured in multiple movies. I mean, yeah. they're, they're a major uh, a major musician in the industry, and um, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this game. Of just from a story perspective, it's very pulled back. It's it feels uh, very classic in its storytelling, where mm-hmm. it's it really doesn't tell you anything it gives right. you the symbology it's and yeah. it's wordless there's little bre- the closest you get to cut scenes are interactions with characters where you get three individual panels right of an image that tells the story of like that area or whatever mm-hmm. uh, the game is split up into four different areas three of which you can go in in any order at the start of the game and then when you complete those three you can go to the to the fourth area and it's basically compared to like a link to the past meets hackins more hack and slash, uh, yeah. arca- arcadey kind of games.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I I think the Legend of Zelda thing is very good to bring up early because you need an idea of like what is the perspective, what is the yeah. gameplay. I mean, it very much. And that, that that is that's from Alex Preston himself too. He sure. He sought yeah, yeah.
0: to modernize um the 2D Zelda formula, right. um keeping the 2D aesthetic, but. Finding new mechanical directions to go in. Most of the gameplay is played through you've got you've got your sword, you can get kind of upgrades that improve your movement. You basically have like a a dash, so you dash and sword around, and then you have a gun, and you can get different guns, but really there's like two guns that you realistically use in the entirety of a run. Well, there's Um, only four
1: guns in total, correct? uh,
0: There's more, but they're they're Uh, all like secret. There's like a bunch of secret guns. There's like four you will definitely come across yeah and then there's a couple secret ones.
1: I would love to start with the things that we're both super positive with, yeah, and then because there's going to be a divergence point, yeah and to me it's to me, it's pretty simple. It's like aesthetically, everything this game is doing I'm hundred percent on board with and in fact, love and right. in fact, think that it does it better than a lot of the imitators, yeah, and, and maybe these imitators aren't I mean, it's pixel art it's yeah. not like. I don't want to make it sound like this game is the super original no, thing and there's nothing sure. that looks like it. I mean, you look at like something like uh, Enter the Gungeon or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. There's there's a lot of pixel art games. This one, I think, does some things that none of the other ones really do. It really feels like a unique world. Yes. More than most games are able to accomplish.
0: It, it, it has this mysticism and this implied history. Yeah. Like there's an opening cinematic that you get that that is incredibly vague and and uh, And you get it a couple times you get it (laughs) a couple times throughout um or or pieces of it throughout but it only implies things but the imagery that it gives you is just kind of very very um thought provoking like i don't know like it it just forces you to sort of tell the story for yourself
1: yeah um the only the only thing where i feel like there's any kind of clash there or or not really a problem, but just something that I feel like I wish I cared more about is that um, this isn't a spoiler. because This is from like the very beginning of the game, but your main character is uh, hurt. And like every once in a while, uh, your character will like cough up blood. And it's like not things are not going hot, so hot uh, for your character. Uh, The problem for me with that, like I think that's very cool um, and interesting. And but the problem is that I'm not super, Invested in the main character. Yeah, uh, I like the world, right. and I like a lot of the 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 art and the aesthetic a lot. But the character, because the character doesn't have any way to really express itself mm-hmm. um, in a deeper way. Not to say that the uh, that this isn't like a side eye at the animation. The anim- I mean, it's pic- It's a two D pixel art game. The animation is good. Yeah. but there's only so much it can do, and I feel like you know compare. The, this protagonist versus, like, Link. Yeah. If you had a 2D Zelda game where Link is coughing up blood, I to, I, it would be breaking right. my heart. <laughs> like, I would be, like, crying.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny, too, because mechanically, it never comes up except for random instances that are non uh They don't impact anything, but, like, you'll be running through an area, and you're, like, going across a bridge where there's definitely no enemies and there's nothing else going on. And then suddenly the game will be like, oh, you have to stop and cough for a second.
1: I like where you're going right here. And it's
0: never – if I was a character that was very worried about, like Mm – the the, the impact this story gets is, like, I'm dying. I have to solve – I have to save this world before –
1: i die i die yeah
0: and it gives that it, it, it's you, a timer. you feel that a little bit except for when you definitely don't you don't you can right. just run around the world no big deal but if it if it hits you with that like in the middle of combat or something right that would be annoying it maybe would be mechanically annoying, but, but it would tell that story I would much more, more impactfully
1: yeah I, I would be a little more invested and and though i think it's good that you said that it was annoying though because i don't want to kind of be put our put game designer oh, hats on yeah. and redesign the game that adding what you just described would be. would be a nightmare as far as figuring out like right how much is the right amount of it yeah and instead they've just left it out of your way but again like if i am not super invested in the protagonist the fact that they're dying doesn't hit me as hard as right. almost i want it to it, it like suggests more than i, I like want to feel more invested than I do.
0: I I think this is incredibly telling, and we're going to get into this, but I do think there's a certain level of this game asks you to put in as much as you choose, as much as you want to. right? Um, And that goes to our two different experiences and how we played this game yeah uh, because we'll we'll, we'll get into it so for me first time I played it was when it when it came out it was a huge smash hit I mean the kickstarter was like this explosive kickstarter so people knew about this game before it was ever released it was a major indie release Um, and specifically for me that year happened to be like the year I got reinvested in video games Mm -hmm. Um, I we you know hunter and I grew up together playing all sorts of different games but like I only had like a couple that I really engaged with. Mm-hmm. And um this year 2016 was when I like I, I the job that I had was like freelance work, so I would just randomly have like entire days to myself. And so I got to just invest in certain games. And this was one of those games. And and I'm also not very big on hard games. And this game's not like the hardest gauntlet of a game, but there are there are difficult parts of it there there are some there are some difficult sections to this reading
1: game. the reviews in 2016 i know would yeah have thought it was really hard right They're, the the reviewers i feel like really described this as i don't know they needed to get like a dark souls person yeah. on it or something maybe the the wrong people were being tapped for i mean not the wrong people but just people <laughs> with with sort of a, a bias towards saying describing something as being yeah very difficult. I don't think it is difficult compared to game, the kind of uh, the snarky get yeah. good right. games. No, it's not. But it, it does. It does. It, I mean, every once in a while, it it'll get you. Yeah.
0: Um. And and I especially as a as a gamer was not into difficult games before this. But this time I I had the time to like get through it, and it had mm-hmm. all of the other aesthetic elements keeping me in. Right. So this was really like the first really difficult game that I not only beat but got like. I have to play it again. I got to play it on new game plus right, mode. Right. I got, I got so into it. I started like speed running it a little bit. Not, right. not, I mean, you know, I, I, pu- I put a run up on, on speedrun.org or, or whatever. And but you can go see that. Run. You can go see that run. It's the, it's the last place of its, <laughs> of its ranking or like third <laughs> from the last or whatever. But I was, I wanted to keep playing this game over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, 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 got super, super hooked into it. Um, and I think the main things that, that kept me into it w- was, seeing the approach, and not to say this is the first game that did this, but it's the first game I interacted with that did this, which is um, really not wasting your time and being difficult without punishing. We talked about this a lot last week with Mario Brothers 3, mm-hmm. but like, this game, you, you, you come up to a room, and if you fail that room, you basically get set back to just the start of that exact room. Yeah, you the are, checkpointing. You is are never my set room. very far back, and that
1: Some, sometimes that's not true. Actually, right. there are there are sections where you have to replay more than one room if you do right. Get set right.
0: Back. It, there there are there are certain rooms that are really like a chain of multiple hallways, yeah. And multiple that encounters. can be yeah. that can be a bit um, tricky. But regardless, it's generally pretty quick to get back into the action, and it helps that like mechanically it is fun. Like more or less nonstop. I mean, the act of like the the, the for me, mm-hmm. there's a lot of games that I bump up against because the flow just seems slightly off. And this one clicked with me. This is a game where the the dash feels right. The the sword feels like the right timing. I can dash out of a sword slash at the right time. Like I just don't ever feel like I'm getting hosed by the controller or whatever like see I, I feel in control in see this, this one. is
1: where we're gonna diverge a yeah. little bit though because I I like so the moveset I mean basically just breaking down the combat mechanics it's it's pretty simple we've got a sword for slashing we've mm-hmm. got a gun for shooting Um, we've got a dash uh, that has a mandatory upgrade uh, yeah. where you turn it into a chain dash uh, where you can dash around and it I think that it shines the best during the boss fights. Uh, I love the boss fights in this game. But in the, it's this weird thing. So I I don't want to criticize the level design because I actually like the level design. I feel like the combat needed more dimensionality to Mm -hmm. make the level design work because I actually like, so the way it works is there's like, there's an overworld kind of Zelda style. And then there's a lot, instead of having you enter a dungeon area and now you're just in a dungeon for a while the dungeons are integrated and they're just kind of underneath the overworld so you're popping in and out you're kind of getting that overworld feel there's a little more planes that exit one is literally
0: laid on top of another and you can look at the map and you can see you can look at like the dungeon map and it, yes. lo- it shows you where all the dungeons are and you can see where the entry and exit points of all the dungeons are so you can then yes. look at the overworld map and go okay i need to get into that region to find out how to get into the dungeon side yeah. of things
1: yeah uh, the map can be a little tricky but you can get used to it and it does have like i i, I would say the map could be a little bit readable readable to put in a petty uh, a petty thing a the overworld on combat,
0: I, I i 100 agree the the dungeon map is so simplistic yeah. and like it just shows you like the this dungeon map is, is on- honestly changer. i mean
1: and i don't even know how you fix that because you want the overworld map to look good right? right right um my problem is that i think the combat really shines in an open space mm-hmm. where we are free to dash and there are many things to right. to dodge um what happens in the dungeons particularly sometimes is there will be these encounter rooms where we're going to throw a lot of enemies at you in a really tight space yeah and you do eventually get a shotgun, which is really good for like crowd control. Right. I would say that the gun play is like like the least like interesting I, thing I, it's I doing. I mean, you're supposed yeah. to, you know, dash and slash and gun and kind of mix mix right. it all up. Um but I feel like when my my dash is constrained, the combat starts to kind of fall apart a little bit for me. And every once in a while I would hit a room where I probably wouldn't fail it that many times but I would fail it more than I felt like failing it mm-hmm. and I would get a little bit like it would just take me out a bit of uh, the experience and it kind of hits at this deeper problem to me that I have with the game, which is that I don't know why I kind of wish there was more uh, stuff, more more mechanics mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like yeah. there's gun, there's sword, there's dash. That's it. And then that's kind of it. Like there are You get
0: like a bomb later, but the bomb sure. is very 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 basic. You just throw the bomb into the room and wait for it to
1: explode. See, I didn't even know there was a bomb. <laughs> a lot of the stuff is hidden too, so you you do kind of there is a lot of really good stuff under the like Matt has like kind of completionist this yes. game. I I have not completionist it because of the way that the reward system is set up for exploration is very like one kind of unit at a time yep. that you're collecting in order to eventually unlock the stuff. And I was not able to motivate myself to collect all the stuff. I kind of, I each time I played this game, I played this game in 2016 on my PC and then I replayed it for this uh, on my Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in, uh, I played it docked though. So I played it on a television, uh, which it looked, I mean, again, the game's gorgeous. But uh, <laughs> I both times I was not able able to really get myself interested in Uncovering all the secrets. Yeah, because I I feel like to make a uh uh an, a, like to compare to a game that I'm just playing right now that doesn't have a lot in common with this game, but uh, Disco Elysium, a game that is nothing like this. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like a CRPG style uh, sort of story adventure game. Uh-huh. One thing that that game does really well that I noticed that is really key and does apply to this game is when you make your game. And you tell me that there are secrets hidden everywhere, mm-hmm. and I go uncover one of the secrets, and that experiencing that experience of uncovering it didn't hook me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue looking for secrets. Mm. The way Disco Elysium does this is there's stuff everywhere in the world, and every time you find it, there's a good joke, there's some right. sort of funny this, like this interaction. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's where it kind of falls apart, right? Because right. this is not this game is not about writing. This game is about. Uh, mechanics well and and yeah to
0: to feed into your point and and give you you know i i will give you this this nitpick because it is you're finding a little gold bit and you need four of those gold bits to form a real dollar basically is what it is and then the different upgrades cost multiple of those dollars so when you find something you're finding a fraction of a fraction of of something that might matter and there's really only a few upgrades that you need the rest don't really drastically change your experience of the game.
1: And I think that's a I, I think maybe there was a choice made in development that they were like, we don't want the the thing they did not want to take from Zelda is the like item gating mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. But I felt like nothing was was added in place of that. Right. and this is this is the worst kind of critique because I'm literally just saying like, that i agree that with choice their choice was bad <laughs> but i don't know what you would do instead yeah. so i'm not even offering an an alternative right. i just feel like the game didn't quite find one well for me. It's, for, it's this works for a lot of people though it's like,
0: interesting because there's two different forms of it like you are right mechanically from a like item upgrade progression loop it, it again it it asks you to to want it <laughs> yes just like the story asks you to, to interpret to, it, to interpret it engage with it and yeah. want it the exploration there's a lot of stuff you can find in this world where like to, to complete a section of the map to complete west you only need to collect four of these pink triangles there's mm-hmm. eight pink triangles right. in yes. west yes. and if you get all eight you open up a door that's like a special s- separate area that's like the extra hard challenge of that area that incorporates all of the design of what's going on and each area has its own unique not mechanics but enemies and and in that way mechanics so within each area you are doing different things You're, you're 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 finding different ways to approach the area because the challenges are slightly different and so that item gating isn't the progression loop the progression loop is the learning of each individual area but that's not to say the item gating could, like you I mean, could you have just, had right, both you you right. could have had both but that obviously would have taken a lot more fine-tuning to make sure because if it if it's, if it's a thing i think kind of what what you are suggesting is you wish like halfway through west you come across the item that then changes how you go through the rest of West and that like matters. But if if they want to have this open experience where you can do any of the areas, I, I agree with you on this end because I don't think that openness Brings anything to the table for me. I mm-hmm. de- I don't need that. I don't need to be able to do north before I do west. Right. They could have easily forced me to go to one of the areas first and then go to this one second they do. and then go
1: to this one third. It's worth noting that they do. Um. So when the game begins, um, the so we it, it's it's funny uh, describing it this way, but li- literally the way that the map is shaped, there's a town in the very center that where you start, where uh, all of the relevant NPCs and shops are, uh, which are just shopkeepers are the only relevant yep. NPCs, but. Uh, and then you can go one of you know one of four cardinal directions first, and each of those is a dungeon with a boss. Essentially, um, they suggest one to do first. via like a dog, like a yeah. dog will walk Walks. towards one, <laughs> right? But, um, but and and that is essentially the structure of the game. You do uh, about half of all the important stuff in each yep. uh, cardinal direction, and then you unlock the final boss fight, and then you go to the final boss fight. I think my problem is I hundred percented. West or north? Mm-hmm. I forget which one. Those are the first two, the the easier ones. Uh, I think it was north actually, because I like north a lot better. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was more inclined to stay there. And this was in 2016, and I felt like it took me too long mm-hmm. because I'm very stubborn. I won't look at guides or anything. Right. I have to just find the stuff. Right. And the environments are very. Um, they are readable. Like there's clues. Yeah. It's fair. There's not a lot of cheating. Right. Um, as far as like they they will literally sometimes they'll hide uh, kind of Mario style. Like you can go off the screen here right. into another hidden screen, but there'll be like a little dot on the floor that right. tells you that's where it is. I think I got exhausted, hundred percenting one direction, right. and then was just kind of done with it. And I feel like I I, I totally believe you that if you 100% one of these dungeons it unlocks a better area with better stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wish that maybe it had been more like all you have to do is 75% right. it. Well here, to...
0: here's the issue I think that it really comes down to. And it, and it's something like I didn't get into 100%ing it until I like my fourth playthrough was the first time I was like okay, now I want to do everything. Um and the so on this recent playthrough we just we both replayed it for for the show and for me that I wanted to do more or less 100%, I really did what I would call something like 98% <laughs> mm-hmm. because what I love about this game, for someone like me, um, because I, I agree that like open-ended exploration can just kind of get like boring if there's not like obvious incentive draws for it. But the other thing you can do, that entices me in an exploration structure is to give it a very defined structure, and there's no way that the game signposts this. But yeah. if you know that that exists, that it's like there's four of these weird monolith tablets thing. It there's doesn't four signpost, of, but it it you is kind it, of figure not it out. Obscure. Like no. you do
1: it is pretty easy to figure out what's right, going on right. with the collectibles. Well, but
0: once you figure that out, then you know uh, this would become the part where you like need to take notes or whatever. And sure. and I didn't do it on this playthrough, and I wish I had because that's where I fell apart on it where basically i find the best way to play this game is to go through each of the areas once to do the boss fight get the you know get the four things get through it open right. it up get south do the basic thing you need to do there and then before you go do the boss battle go back and do each of the areas again to hundred percent it mm-hmm. and then you're coming back to an area you've been to before with the knowledge of all of the other areas, and now the new equipment and the better, like you've you've been sure. upgrading yeah, this whole yeah. time. So when you go back to the new area, some things are trivialized, but now your goal is set on exploration as opposed to just the like lining for the boss. Mm-hmm. And for me, in a way that is rare for me, well, there's certain game. I mean, Zelda games do this for me. Like I, I don't always want 100 all games, but it's that structure that hooks me in wanting to to hundred. Yeah. When I when when the hundred percent is very very clear. I'm uh, I'm all in. A game that this doesn't work for me is like Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Where you're like, I don't know how many moons are in. I I know I have no idea what how much is in this level. Um, but if you told me each time you do a
1: moon, it's like kind of a fun challenge. It's still fun. No, no, it's still
0: fun, and I like playing Odyssey. But I'm not going to 100% Odyssey because I there's it's such a huge question mark of how much is in each world. Yeah. Every single world is different and some some moons are not even displayed like it's whereas this game shows you every single thing, like all of the amount of stuff that you need to accomplish anything. And that's what keeps me hooked.
1: Yeah, see, I I don't really care one way or the other how much I'm being directed to like by by the game where the thing is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's OK for there to be secrets that are really obscure, especially if I can just ignore them anyways. Right. It's more it more just comes down to uh, motivation and are, do I get the feeling that there's like amazing things right. hidden in this game? Right. And I'll I'll pick a better comparison actually. Uh, which I would define as uh, Celeste actually I oh, think does sure. hidden extra content like beautifully. Um there are uh, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, but c- so Celeste is a uh, indie game by the same team that did Towerfall, uh, if you played that, uh, and it is very much like a platformer, like like I would say straight up Mario level yeah. of uh, wonderful platforming game, mm-hmm. um, and it has the amount of extra content in it that you could skip and miss is a whole nother game, right. probably two whole other games right. worth. There are collectible strawberries uh, that get you nothing; they don't get you anything, <laughs> Matt. So what I'm saying is, in Celeste, I got into collecting strawberries, For and nothing. you don't even get a reward. But here's the point: getting the strawberries in and of itself. Right. is fun right. because each strawberry is put in the game in such a way to where it's like, here's the straw. They show it to you. They're yeah. like, look, yeah. here's the strawberry. The only way you can get it is by doing some pretty cool stuff. Right. And then that... I would loop, say that is a third
0: of the secret challenges of Hyper Light Drifter, but there are two-thirds where it's just like, well, you just got to find it. It's just it. there. You just yeah. got to find just, the just Here's thing, the, and the then you'll on get, the floor. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, so I, I totally get that. I, I think the value in getting all of the weapon upgrades is not Mm -hmm. there who cares you don't need to get all the gold but you you are on the hunt for all eight pink triangles to then unlock the final challenge room that everything has and those challenge rooms are what you're describing kind of but it's it's in the reverse order to get the strawberry you have to do the cool thing Mm -hmm. and mine is I get the strawberry, and then I'm allowed to do the cool thing. Right, and that's harder to to trans to, to
1: sell you on. Basically, it, it is harder, especially if the the problem that if there were you know what if there were boss fights, if I there know. were hidden extra boss fights, right. I think you'd have me. Yeah, the closest
0: the, the closest is one of or at least two of the areas. It's not a boss fight, but it is like in arena of of doom and mm-hmm. and like very difficult like on par with a boss fight, but not that as sounds... mechanically
1: driven. But but that does not actually all of them sound do good. That. Yeah, like th- that 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 sounds like because like I said, I really enjoy the combat of this game in wide open spaces, and when it gets uh, too confined, I feel like it's almost like I feel like the combat system was really tested heavily mm-hmm. on the bosses, and then the level design was finished, and right. the level design is really smart. And then they kind of just pushed it together. Like this works really well for for boss fights, and this is really these levels are great. Yeah. But I just felt like there needed to be like one. I, I, I feel like the gun maybe is could have been incorporated. The point it of it, like yeah. the gun is like because the shotgun is so good for for crowd control and definitely is made in such a way as to where like in these enclosed uh, environments it definitely shines more than it would. Say well, and in a boss and fight. you
0: you would I think this would drive you crazy because once you get into the shotgun. And you get into the speedrunning community, you realize there's an absolutely completely busted combo using the shotgun. Sure. You you keep saying the shotgun is good for crowd control, buddy. The shotgun's good for everything. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> and if you use it in the broken way, uh, you just can mow through every single thing. I mean, you can you can beat the final boss in like th- two or three cycles, very, 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 See, very and easily. I think this and just that's comes where to you are just you, different you, people. Exactly. With this, stuff. this is yeah. this is where you tune out
1: completely. Yeah, I. I I, I I play, when I play a video game, it is, well, it depends on the how many times I've played it. But if I'm playing it like like with, with Final Fantasy VIII, a game I've played over and over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over, it's no longer this. But for most of the time when I'm playing a game, I consider it an, an improv exercise with the designer of the game. Yeah. We're doing a little bit of yes and. I am going to. I am going to try and meet the designers halfway. I do this all the time right. with how I play games. I, I am looking for the way that they're telling me to play it, and I'm doing that. Because you can, like, and and, and not to say that I don't enjoy watching other people use exploits in games. That's great. Yeah. I love the speedrunning community and, you know, Kaizo, all that stuff. I'm right. into all of that. Right. But when I personally sit down and play a game, I'm kind of trying to do it the way the chef intended, yeah. essentially.
0: Not even just the chef intended. I would describe you as, like, very much wanting to roll with every single punch even when sometimes the chef intends for you to like make the experience exactly exactly what you want Mm -hmm. like do you know you do it however you want to do it. we've given you all the tools and you and i feel like your approach is always well the way i want to do it is fail my way to the top if if that's what if that's right. what happens the, whereas if, like for me a failure is like let's reset let's do it the I want to end up with the perfect way yeah and and I will and and that's the story I want to have happened in my game whereas you're like I don't if I fail in this thing and the game lets me fail and continue on, then continue on I shall. Let me let me finish it, out it, the art. It makes it more dramatic. And some it's, some games lean drama. into that and yeah. you are supremely disco Elysium, you are heavily, heavily, heavily rewarded for that. Yeah. I would not argue every single game does that. No. Um, but that is very much where you come from and, and I get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me, also, it's funny thinking about the year this came out, 2016 and 2017 were both huge, uh, really baller years uh, for for games. I feel like it's going to be a while before we have another year like that, considering where we are. (laughs) This is the perfect time
0: for this show, because guess what? There's no good games on the horizon. It's not really (laughs)
1: happening right now. There's not a whole lot to get super excited about. It's a perfect
0: time to talk about old games. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I 100% agree with that. Uh, But yeah, the year this came out was really competitive. And I would say this game still probably made like my top ten. I don't know if it made my top five for that year. It definitely wasn't my goatee that year. Uh,
0: are we ready to yeah. rank this puppy? Well, let's let's quickly do the uh, segment that we haven't talked very much yet because we got we got really into the mechanical nitty gritty, mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about like the history. We we briefly talked about like the links to the past thing, right? And so I I I, I want to make sure we have a, a segment oh, sure. in this episode and and this thing that I want to return for other indie darlings as. Uh, is does this indie game take the throne of its ancestors
1: yeah so i think there's i think right now there is you could place this game in i'm going to call it like the holy a uh, new Neo Nintendo yes. trinity right. of like uh, Celeste. Uh, I think like Miyamoto needs to be looking at this game and thinking, like, how am I gonna? What am I gonna do? Yeah, they're, they're like, coming for me. <laughs> they're coming for me. Uh, that's that that is a great platformer that I think blows Mario out of the water, especially with how generous it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got something like Hollow Knight, which is like probably, Metroid, yeah. yeah, probably the best Metroidvania uh, we've had in a very long time. And that's a competitive field. We got Metroidvanias coming mm-hmm. out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, Link to the Past clones, oddly enough, I kind of feel like there were more Link to the Past clones when Link to the Past came out (laughs) than there are (laughs) right now. And this game really fails
0: to push that promise very much. Mm. There are aspects of Link to the Past, but there's a lot of times where it's like, this is absolutely not Link to the Past. (laughs) I mean, I
1: do, but I'm willing to give it that spot of like our current... I mean, like the problem is that Zelda in general is kind of taking back its own crown right. in the 3D and right. 2d department. I mean like Absolutely. is this better than link between worlds? I don't know yeah like. Right. That would be that even would be even
0: tough. the even the reimagining of Link's Awakening, which is mechanically the
1: same game, but just like and the best the, Zelda ever made. Yeah,
0: it's like a three D skin on top of the best Zelda ever made. You like, better
1: pre- if you're going to listen to the show for the long haul, you better get ready for my <laughs> Link's Awakening bias uh, because that's real and it will screw up. the, the It's going to really mess it up. how You think this ranking you. is going to yeah. go down? Link's Awakening, best uh, Zelda game <laughs> of all time. Best so one.
0: my argument would be this game. This does not take. The throne of its ancestors. I think I, I think so. think a Hollow Knight, when we have the conversation about Hollow Knight, I think that takes the throne totally. of its ancestors. So, but I think Hyperlight Drifter does enough of its own completely unique things that you really can't call it a, a Link to the Past clone and that be doing it. Any justice? I
1: think I'm in a better position with Heart Machine than you are because you love <laughs> this game specifically yeah. for what it is, right? And I loved a lot of the. I would not like shallower, but the I like this game so much more on an aesthetic level, mm-hmm. music, art, all sure. that. And all of that stuff is going to carry through into their next game. Right. But mechanically, nothing is. Right. What is the next game called? I don't remember. Solar what is- Ash. Solar Ash. Yeah. That game is going to be tight. It's got. Totally different. Same jet world. Jet set radio vibe. Except for
0: 3D. It's such a, Yeah. It's like a weird jet set radio and a post apocalyptic hyperlight drift. Yeah. I don't know what that game is. And that's what makes me so excited but also nervous for it which is the idea that like I love hyperlight Drifter I would love a hyperlight Drifter too like you said right. earlier this game could have so much more like it more really could. items more weapons it, more it, worlds it could do so much more and Solar Ash is like that's cool we could have done more we're not gonna we're gonna do a completely new kind of game that's a completely different design flow and mechanical structure I like
1: dude there is so like comparing this I, I also think that Celeste really like Celeste and Hollow Knight have really upped the ante for yeah. The like kind of very much looking backwards indie games of just like how generous as a designer can you be? How much game can you put into it? There's literally stuff when when talking about uh, the secrets and hidden content about Celeste that I don't I can't even talk about on this podcast yeah because I would dare not ruin it for someone else <laughs> if you've never experienced right. it yeah and there I I know a lot of the stuff that is hidden in. Hyperlight Drifter and none of it has that level yeah. of generosity to it. And to be fair to to Hyperlight Drifter, uh we've had some years, right. you know. And and I don't think there has been, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh this would be a great, you know, thing to write in. I don't think there has been since Hyperlight Drifter a better uh indie uh, retro Zelda looking game. I, I don't know that that's really happened. I mean, yeah. well, dungeon crawling. Careful with that word because sure, sure, we, we sure. just I, had Hades. I, so no, like I know, I know. You're
0: right, but but and and it's funny you bring up Hades because Hades is the closest thing that replaces uh, Hyperlight Drifter for me. The I just the the the, the like moving around, hacking, sure. slashing. Like it's it's also a rogue, like it's doing all its own other things, but like and it doesn't have the exploration at all not really. Um no. the hyperlight drifter no. has, but as we kind of argued earlier, hyperlight drifter's
1: exploration is also somewhat questionable.
0: So, I think it's I just the,
1: it, again, it just comes down to the reward structure. Yeah, like yeah. I I have to feel like I'm in order to get me to explore in a in a video game, I have to feel like I'm I'm getting something out of it unless yeah. I'm playing a JRPG, in which case <laughs> i they get there's a lot of leeway there that i give the the game designers i will look i will be like oh is there a potion over here and then i'll I'll go and then you like go to a shop and like a potion is worth like 50 coins and you have a million and a half coins (laughs) but i had to go find that potion. yeah (laughs) so yeah i'm a little bit of a hypocrite depending on game genre but um all right let's rank this puppy
0: so the only thing we have on this list so far (laughs) is number one Super Mario Brothers 3. Super Mario Bros. 3. So we have to decide if Hyperlight Drifter is
1: better than or worse than Super Mario, Super Brothers, Mario 3.
0: Brothers 3. Hunter,
1: your thoughts. So Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, defined not only <laughs> Nintendo, not only the platforming genre, but it also defined video games as a medium. I think it more so than any other game from the era we can say it probably helped keep video games in your house in your home and hyperlight drifter is one of the cool games that came out in 2016 so so i want to maybe apologize to the listener
0: or or preface the listener with listen bud this show we do have a little bit of a growth period where oh, the yeah. ranking portion of this show will take a little bit before it becomes especially interesting. We probably got like 10 episodes to go before we start making like really nuanced decisions oh, about that's ranking. Fair. But I yeah. want I want you to know that it is very much a goal of this show to stop talking about a game by itself right. for 48 minutes right. and to get into talking about how the game compares to other, to other games for a good five to ten and on a micro chunk, level on a it's really be... annoying micro level We're oh, gonna get yeah. real weird, but for now Hyper Light Drifter is the worst game of all time Worst game, and game of all Super time Super Mario Brothers 3 is the best, best game, game of, of all time, time and those are the only two options of video games Th-
1: Those are currently the only games that exist as far as the <laughs> canon of this show now We will eventually cover all games. Uh, we d- we should say this again this week We said it uh, last week Um. If you are someone that makes games or you're involved with games, please immediately stop making games. Yeah. Because we need to catch up. We're trying to get every game done. So if you could, you know, quit your job, Mm -hmm. if you could stop. Uh, if you're the ceo of a gigantic company if you could dissolve the company temporarily just put it on hold you know what i'm saying somewhat ironically
0: though also if you do if you are a game developer and you have a new game coming
1: out if you want to give us that game for free so that we can play it on the show
0: also that is an option we will currently talk
1: about any game that is given to us (laughs) however we will let you know that we are a little bit upset that you are working on a new game that a new game is being made we're currently trying to halt (laughs) all games but also if you ignore that first part And you're going to make a game regardless. I mean, we're really trying to tell you, please do not make it because we are trying to get to all the games. I've been checking out Steam. It looks like every day there are like 15 games that come out Mm -hmm. and 10 of them are like anime, like kind of sex looking stuff. (laughs) Um, So we will have to get to those eventually. That will be a very sad year or two of the show. About three years of just like... (laughs) sexy anime games uh and of of course we will save those for last uh so that is definitely we're not gonna we're not in a hurry for those we've got a lot of good games we could play uh so yeah if you make games uh please send us your game we will uh talk about it we will make time to talk about it on uh an episode of the show
0: Old Gamer's Almanac is a production by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins, with music by Knight Corey.